It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? CuriosityStream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, give the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com gift. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. The Custard TV Podcast. I'm Luke, editor and runner of the website. Not normally here, but back by necessity rather than public demand. Also here is Matt in the North. Hello. And Gary's having a well-deserved break this week. Uh, there's some sort of rule that we just cannot be on the same podcast together as a group very often now. I don't know what it is. You know, I've had when a month I off. When am I getting a week off? You can't have a week off. You're the only <laughs> one who watches stuff. What's been going on in, in your life? Not a great deal, I'm imagining. Well, answer your own question, why don't you? <laughs> Well, yeah, say I, I I have my holiday to Poland, and I'm going to a lot of weddings in March, so February. Oh my so God! I met up with some old friends from school. At the I saw the Friday picture on on the yeah. old Facebook. Yeah. Yes. We've known each other for about 25 years, so that was. And nice. yet you look 25 years older than them. It was weird. Oh, thank you. We see each other like once a year, and and uh, you know, surprisingly, one of them is getting married this year because I'm just oh going. Oh my to God. Fix. <laughs> it's getting ridiculous, isn't it? I'm going to four weddings, hopefully no funerals. Do people still do wedding presents? Have you got to worry about that? Because sometimes people want donations to something as well. Well, um, I got the invite for wedding number one that says, basically, don't get us anything, just get us money. It's basically what it says. In I the don't ni- know how I... In the nicest possible way. That. It says, like... Due to our, you know, just buying a house and our obsession with IKEA, we have everything we need. Well, ha- however, if you'd like to get us a gift, then please, uh, you know, financial contributions are acceptable or something like that. So I'm, I'm just going to get them some currency because I work at a bureau. So the bureau de charge. Bureau de charge, and the yeah. same for my brother who's getting married the week after. He's going to um, South Africa for his honeymoon, and guess what? He's, they're playing as their first dance. Africa from Toto. Yes. I know that was a bit of a weird sort of side. I can't imagine them actually dancing. It's not a song to dance to. No, really, it's but... not really. It's not a very romantic song either. I, I, said, I said Hold the Line would be better, but there you go. Or Rosanna, if her name is Rosanna. It's Rachel. Uh, oh, it still works. Still with an R. You could change it quite happily. Luke. Hey, everybody, here's our staff. Gary. I've never heard of him before today. And Matt. He's a professional. The telly-obsessed trio. Enjoy your show, boy. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Okay, some TV news for you, though. Um, We knew this was coming, but now we have more details on it. Alan Partridge is returning to the BBC. It's been a long old time. 2002, I think, or 2001 was the last 2002, of... I think, yeah. Hmm. That was the last series of um, Alan Partridge. Since then, he's gone to the big screen. He's worked for Sky for some reason. I don't really understand why he went to Sky, Money. but he did. Yes, presumably. Uh, and so, um, this will be his return to the BBC. It's not a comedy. It's not a sitcom, which is what I wanted. But they don't always give me what I want lately. The show itself is described as a heady, heady mix 
of consumer affairs, current events, viewer interaction, highbrow interview, and lightweight rough. Uh, so it's like the one show is what people are comparing it to. Or this it's, podcast. Joining Steve Coogan on the sofa will be Susanna Fielding. She'll play his co-host. Tim Key, who is in all of his mid-morning matters. And it's written by Neil and Rob Gibbons, who wrote the film and all the mid-morning matters and sort of brought Pat Partridge back to life. I don't know, I would have wanted a sitcom and I would have wanted to see Lynn and Michael again, but maybe I'm living in the past too much. That's all we know about it, but it'll be on later this year. Now, I'm going to have a mint, which means I'm going to have a minty voice for the next uh, couple of bits. I didn't think Are you going to talk like Cliff Parisi? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> Don't make me laugh, I could choke on my mint. <laughs> right. <laughs> All white flower. Or whatever he says, I call them a call the midwife. All right, Bancroft, that ITV four-part drama that I think Gary liked, but Matt and I thought was dire. I don't think think any. I can't remember. I think he liked that he think thought he know knew where it was going or something like that. Four parts of last year, Weird Journey to Scream was supposed to be on ITV Encore. Then that Hatton Garden thing that they trailed so heavily was pulled, and so Bancroft got moved up. Did well enough in the ratings for ITV to take a punt on it. Four-part second series coming later this year with uh, with Sarah Parrish. I don't know how it ended, so I don't know if Faye Marseille's in it or not. But suffice to say, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> That's how obje- I'm well, We will be reviewing it on the podcast. I'll be off that week. They've announced um, a new drama called The Bay. Now, I don't often do this. Mm. I'm going to read out the whole synopsis of okay. the day. Yeah. With a mint in my mouth, just for extra drama. Okay. When Detective Sergeant Lisa Armstrong is assigned to a missing persons investigation in Morecambe Bay, at first it seems like any other tragic but all too familiar crime. As a police family liaison officer, she's trained to get emotionally not to get emotionally involved. Her job is to support the but, family. But does she work. get emotionally involved? Hang on, I've not read okay. the whole thing okay. yet. Okay, okay. Her job is to support the families during the worst times of their life and be the eyes and ears of the police in their investigation. But there's something very different about this particular case. Okay, okay. You didn't see that coming, did you? No, no. With... Is it her family? Don't jump the gun, Matt. You're ruining the press release. Uh, with horror... Lisa realises she's got a personal connection no! with this frightened family. Get away. One that could compromise the entire investigation. Dum, dum, dum. As she grapples to get justice for the grieving family, Lisa discovers it could come at the cost of her own. She's a female detective grappling with demons from her past. Is it uh, female detectives grappling with demons from their past season on ITV? Yeah. They'll put so, that on. They'll put uh, the bay on Bancroft, Marcella, um, Marcella, yeah, Prime Suspect, nineteen seventy-three. Even though that's not going to be back. So a lot of people saying, "Oh God, this is just broad." Show. It sounds more like, and who remembers this? The Lock. I was going to say that sounded like the Lock. So that's coming uh, later this year. Six episodes. Everything about it sounds incredibly original, we, and we're really keen. Who do we think he'll be in it? Any predictions? Oh, somebody who looks like a Lisa, I suppose. So maybe Lisa... Catherine Kelly. Oh, that's believable. <laughs> that's my that's my prediction. And I imagine this Lisa is blonde, and Catherine Kelly does can be blonde. So yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> that. As to yeah. be fair, can most women? Coltbox.co.uk is a website very similar to ours, and they have a list of uh, dramas that are coming up in ITV's uh, new slate. Sophie Petzel, I want to say, who is the writer for The Last Kingdom and Riviera and other things, um, brought this up on Twitter that, that there are 19 to-be-aired uh, dramas on ITV. All of them are written by a man and it was a massive thing on my timeline. And she says, despite the commissioner of ITV being Polly Hill... Mm. Uh, Drama commissioner, you should say. Yeah. All of these dramas are written by men and even the BBC is falling behind on female voices. Do you have an opinion on it? Does it matter to you? 
I mean, we were talking last week about. I think it was on the extra helpings actually about white male privilege and not being able to connect with certain issues. But I mean, if it's genuinely female writers are being dismissed because of their gender, then that's wrong. If female Mm. writers are being dismissed because the the quality of their writing isn't as good as those of the male writers, then that's fair. Mm. I think. I think it should be quality. It shouldn't matter what the gender is, really. It's the quality of the writing. Firstly, are there, you know, the same amount of women writing scripts as there are men for TV, for TV drama? And if and if there are, are there are they the same quality? And also, I suppose you're more likely, I suppose, to go with established names, right? Well, that's the problem, isn't it? The only... ITV have commissioned two uh, dramas written by women that have been Mm. on screen already this year, Era, and um, and Kay Mellor's... What was that? Girlfriends. 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 But again, they're not taking major punts. I mean, Anne Cleves is a successful novelist, and Kay Mellor's been... Used to be married to Henry VIII. Really? (laughs) Didn't know that. Oh, it's Anne of Cleves, go on. So, I don't know, I, d- I just, I do think worry. Of, I mean, outside of, like, Kay Mellor, can we think of any other sort of drama? I suppose Sally Wainwright is another big Sally Wainwright. female writer. Um, anyone else we can sort of L- think Linda of? Linda LaPlante, but she doesn't yeah. really write for TV. Abby Morgan. Abby Morgan, they've got the split coming on BBC yeah. One. Sarah Phelps yeah. uh, so... is doing um, in Age of Innocence. Uh, what's it called? Ordeal by Innocence. Ordeal by Innocence. What's Age friend, of Innocence? Friend, friend, of the, friend of the show, Sarah Phelps. It's an interesting conversation, and it is, whatever the reasons are, it does appear to be the case that there aren't many young there aren't many young writers. Mm. I mean, Kirsty Swain, who was part of um, the Click series and mm. did our lovely voiceover for our Desert Island drama, she's got a brand-new drama coming to Channel 4 called Pure... Uh, that's coming up. She's a young, talented, young female voice. But mm. you don't hear of many of them, do you? I'm just trying to think in terms of Channel 4 drama as well. I mean, they do less, don't they? But you, yeah. I mean, I, I think was Born to Kill written by a female yes, writer? Born to Kill was written, well, co-written by Kate Ashfield, who is a successful yes. actress. Yeah. The, the End of the Effing World was written by a woman. Yeah. Right? I was I was thinking drama, but I suppose that is oh, a drama. drama. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, apart from that, you know, we've had Kiri and the State, and they were both written by men. And, and it's the same with female directors as well, isn't it? It is, and think... and this this is a big debate that has. Re- and if it is genuinely that people's scripts aren't getting seen because of their gender, then that's wrong. But if it is because the quality of the writing isn't there, which I suspect it isn't, I think. I'm not saying that, you know, women... I think women are getting less opportunities than men just generally. I would agree with that. But if there aren't as many women writing as the men, then, you know... But I, I also genuinely believe, just in general, taking gender out of the equation, that broadcasters will always go back to those well-known names for things mm. and not not really take a punt on a brand new idea yeah. from a brand new person that's a big Des- that's despite a the, despite the ge- despite the gender though so if it was a, a, yeah, exactly. a name that wasn't being a, but then there's more established i suppose it is sort of indicative of the attitude of previous decades that men's scripts were getting seen rather than women so there's now less established women than there is men so it is a problem in this age where people will you know, you'll always get from the writer and creator of... Well, we're, blah, blah, we're, blah. Go- we're going to do that ourselves later. We're talking Collateral yeah. on BBC Two from David Hare, the writer of dot, 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 and Trauma from Mark Bartlett, the writer of Mike, dot, dot, Mike dot. So you, so you, I said Mike, it was the mint, sorry. Okay, I, it sounded like Mark Bartlett. I, I had the um, the mint on the part of my tongue that Though, forms also the eye. T- also talking about Dan's written by two women, Joe Brand and Morwenna Banks. Yeah, but that's and, very true. Um, two w- w- established names. I think in general, drama in the UK at the moment, out on the main channels for me, is just really going round in circles and, and not getting me as invested or excited as it used to do. Gary's not here this week. Matt's here and I'm here though, so we can go west. We've got the the tools, and in fact, we'll have more leg room. 
And the one US show, Matt and I went back and forth on what to review, and we settled upon HBO's Mosaic, which will be on Sky Atlantic on Saturday, and um, all on the Sky Atlantic box sets, or whatever mm. you want to phrase them, on that night as well. Now, cards on the table. I have seen this, I have watched this, I have a memory of this, <laughs> but I did not understand this, and I want Matt to you know, explain well, it this, and go through this... it. Was an interesting. I, I mean, I'm in the same boat really as you. This was an interesting one because HBO original HBO with Steven Soderbergh, who um, wrote and created it, released this as an app or on an app where on you could app. sort of follow the story of certain people and and choose where to go next. You couldn't affect the story per se, but you could watch it in a certain order. And it certainly feels that when watching this it is a little bit out of order. It feels all a bit scrambled. And little I think bit, that's... A little bit like this like bit, bit, then we'll put this bit in, then we'll yeah. do that bit. A little but bit I, like a mosaic, almost. Um, oh, I, I've just got that. <laughs> mosaic is also the company owned by uh, Olivia Lake, who is played by Sharon Stone. Uh, she's a children's author and illustrator who lives in this um, snowy town in Utah, somewhere, Summit, I think it was called. She meets a um, young sort of aspiring artist who's working as a waiter at one of the functions who she sort of gets a fondness for and, and asks to sort of move into her place and do some odd jobs around and she'll sort of promote his artwork and give him tips and things like that. And then at the same time, there's this um, neighbour of hers, like a surrogate son, who wants to get her out of the property, wants to get his hands on the property. So enlist this con man um, to sort of seduce her. And he they have like dinner together. And, and that's sort of the end of the episode. Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson razor. Henson razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. At Henson, we're looking forward to the holidays, and that means more time in the kitchen. Now, imagine your trusty kitchen knife had a wobbly handle. You'd be nervous. Well, the same is true in shaving. Most razors on the market today don't support the blades well enough, allowing them to flex and bend. This is a source of razor burn. At Henson, we used our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to solve this problem, supporting the blade so you can use it confidently. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. You know, you get the impression that things are going to happen. You see, like, the first scene is four years in... The, this is all set four years in the past. The first scene is set in the present where um, the guy, the, Eric, the con man, has been arrested for the murder of Olivia, but mm. their new evidence has come to light, and you think maybe it's Joel, who's the artist, the Garrett Edlin character, uh, that mm. has done it. But in this early stage, you don't quite know what's going on. You've got all these, like, um, disparate scenes... With different characters at times, and different, were, and different colors, different colors, and at times you were trying to work out which character who fitted to who, and like you know the the Eric character was almost on his own plane. There was a bit where Bo Bridges showed up for no reason. I I think we are both in the same boat. That it, very little memory of this, very mm. confusing. I think because HBO decided to release it on the telly in this form in a, in and putting the scenes in a certain order which made the most sense that's what it feels like to me yeah. that they will do, put it together it was the app was first the sort of drama created as part of the app came first and then they put it together as mm. a mini series and it, you know it was shown i think over five nights a six episodes yeah. shown over five nights so again like trauma which we'll talk about later that um, it was it, it was an easy story to get on, but you know you could watch it all together yeah. quite quickly. I suppose that's why they're doing the Sky box set thing. But Sky yeah. Atlantic showing it over six weeks, I don't think it will get much of a viewership that way, like sort of traditional, because 
you you forget about it almost as soon as you've watched it. I mean, yeah. in in terms of what I, I really like, Sharon Stone in. I wish that thought, was my. I, yeah. I wish you hadn't oh, said God. that. That was the God. only positive thing. I, that was the only positive I was going to glean yeah. from it. Is that I thought from the moment she's on screen, I thought she was incredibly engaging. Yeah, like it, she woke me up because we'd see the scene it starts with where. Uh, they're talking to the guy they're going to arrest, and they're saying it felt like something we'd seen a million and one things times before. Mm. And then Sharon Stone comes on and, and lights the whole thing up. Yeah. And I found her really engaging. I'll tell you who else I liked in this was Paul Rubens as her sort of. I find him confidant. too odd. It's not his yeah, fault. but I liked it. I think they they played to his oddness in this. He's sort yeah. of. I think there is a lot of things about Paul Rubens just generally that are a bit <laughs> odd. But yeah. I, I, I liked him in this, and I, I did genuinely think, is that Paul Rubens to start off yeah. with? Cause I wasn't 2018 sure. is quite a time to be alive, because I never thought we'd see Sharon Stone on TV, and then Sharon Stone on TV with Paul Rubens as like a sidekick. Yeah. It, with Pee Wee as a sidekick. But those, was... those scenes are the best, where it's either her on her own yeah. or those two together. I think they have a certain presence, which isn't... You know, when it's all men talking in rooms is basically the yeah. rest of this thing, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I think that Sharon Stone has such a sort of grace and elegance and presence. I mean, she was a big, like, one of the big film stars of the 90s. Yeah, but you, you forget because you don't see that much of her, really. No. And then she pops up on this and was, you know, surprised me. She hasn't me done a really lot of TV, into... really, has she, Sharon no. Stone? There was something apparently she was in as the vice president last year on TNT that ran for a season and then oh, was cancelled. I'm not adverse to being confused. It's just that when it finished, I couldn't work out whether I was confused because I'm dim or whether I was confused because I hadn't paid attention or whether I was confused because I was supposed to be confused. Sometimes you watch things and you go, oh, I don't get that, but I'm going to stick with it and see where it's going. And sometimes you think... Do I not get that because I'm, you know... Yeah, I know. I, I, I think we're exactly attention. the same on this. I think I felt the same. I think you're confused because it wasn't really... It, there wasn't really an order in which it was meant to be viewed. Yeah. So you might have been less confused had you gone on the app and watched it a different way. It, it was as if somebody had, um, like, printed out the first pages of their novel to mm. be um, sort of proofread by somebody and on the way some dozy devil drops them all and they try and piece them all together best they can before they send it off to the the person to proofread nothing really felt like it was supposed to be next to the other thing and, that, and oddly if i hadn't have known it was an app i think i might have had to guess that it was something else yeah because at no point did it feel like a piece of tv and as soon as I, as soon as I was engaged, I was lost again, and then I was bored. I will say, for something that I didn't find very engaging, it moved along quite quickly, mm. despite me. Well, it's being... fifty minutes, wasn't it? Five yeah. zero. But I've watched things for fifty minutes that have felt much longer than this. Mm. I'd probably forget about this for the minute mm. we stopped talking. Yeah, same. <laughs> Isn't it a shame, though? Yeah. I'd love to find something where we can both go. And we we have had it this year. No, yeah. I keep being a bit disparaging. Kiri Inside Number 9 and then Love and Hate Crime, we have liked this year. But on the whole, I just feel bad being all, doing all this. Oh, I didn't really get that or I didn't like it. But it is how I felt, especially after finishing this, where I just I wanted to talk to you almost immediately and make sure that I wasn't daft i even thought about yes. watching it a second time you rang me to say am i watching the right episode well yeah just because i didn't have any inclination about yeah. it and i thought i need to know before i get does it does start in. it does see the luke special of starting and then flashing back yes well i don't have any actually i didn't have an issue with that no. it was more that apart from sharon stone i couldn't tell you any names of the characters i couldn't tell you you know really what I'm their saying. purpose was yeah there you go. Uh, it'll be on Sky Atlantic Saturday night. Now, they don't normally launch dramas on a Saturday night, so that's an interesting factoid, I suppose. But it'll all be on the box sets for you to watch at your leisure, all six parts. It didn't really feel very high-end for HBO. I suppose getting no. Sharon Stone in was quite a coup, yeah. but apart from that... Well, it was on, it was, you watched it on your blooming phone. Most people would have done. Yeah, I wouldn't. I need a bigger screen. 
Uh, so we'll plough on with the reviews. It's Matt. Hello. Collateral, let's do. Um, which, as you said um, when we were talking about the writers and that, is um, by David Hare, who... Um, Famous for mainly sort of that. There was that spy trilogy he did, wasn't there, with Bill Nye? Yeah, that page I eight, page nine, page ten. There was, was it called like salting the battlefield? Know, yeah, something like that. Um, and that was I very. Confessed, I didn't see. No, past past page, page eight. eight. Usually, that usually happens when you read a book as well, isn't it? <laughs> but it may be written by a man, but directed by a woman. Collateral. S. J. Clarkson, creator of Mistresses. Yes, I remember that well. Um, basically all centres around the uh, murder of a a pizza delivery man Abdullah who's shot dead outside the house of a uh, woman Karen played by Billy Piper who's a mother of two Uh, the pizza was meant to be delivered by somebody else um, and Hayley Squires who we love uh, plays the sort of the manager of the pizza parlour one of the best performers in this Drafted into it, in, investigate the uh, the murder is um, Kip Glasby. It is a strange name, isn't it? There's not a lot of Kip Glasbys. For, former pole vaulter as well, for some reason. Apparently, I haven't, <laughs> seen, I haven't seen past episode one, but apparently there's quite a big subplot coming about no. a pole vault. No, I'm not even joking. About a pole vaulting past. Which... <laughs> You'll find out in a minute whether I'm going to stick with it, but if that's not a reason to, I don't know what is. Oh, I wonder why they did that, because that was one of the many clunky parts of it where, like, the Socko turns up and he's like, didn't you used to be in the Olympics? Or, yeah, yeah we are a pole vaulter, but there was a jump that went wrong, and it was like, oh... And then obviously retrained as a DI for so Anyway... She... I think that happens a lot after the Olympics. They go, I've done that now, I'm going to hang up me vault... On this pole, and we're going to train as a policewoman. She's investigating this. You know, she she sort of hits brick walls when she tries to interview the Haley Squires character. Then tries to interview Abdullah's sisters. They're all Syrian refugees, and they don't want to reveal too much information for fear of sort of being deported or what have you. Uh, then running concurrently, you've got several other characters, sort of jumping around as I say Billy Piper who was the last person to see Abdullah alive uh, John Sim plays this sort of ineffectual Labour MP who's very sort of principled but he and he and Billy Piper are married were married they were married for a short time because they've got the same surname yeah um, and they've got a daughter together but the baby isn't his and he's also got a connection to the local vicar, played by Nicola Walker, were they in a relationship at one point as well? I don't she, know. I don't. She know. has a relation. She has a line where she says, um, "You were like a full. You were like a footnote. She's a full chapter about her sort of current partner." Just and the her, sort of thing that you'd say if you were meeting yes. up with an ex. You'd say exactly that, yes. wouldn't you? If you were um, and so, and her connection to it is that her um, current girlfriend slash partner. Uh, witnessed the uh, murder and was the only witness to the murder, but was uh, high on drugs at the time, but has the key piece of evidence that it was a woman rather than a man who committed the murder, a woman dressed in a diving suit, as is revealed... Or a suit. Yes. As yeah. you might say. As is revealed throughout the course of the episode, uh, we see the murderer. So it isn't a whodunit, it's a sort of why done it really. Um, and it is this character called Sandrine Shaw, who's sort of a high-ranking army official, who we see sort of doing sniper training towards the end of the episode. So it's one of those where there's a lot of characters who have sort of got these interconnecting sections. I mean, that you get time And, and I think the reason she's, uh, she's in the wetsuit, just to go back, she yeah. used to be a synchronised woman in the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> Surely a diver. <laughs> Well, I don't know, but that, that's what—that's the connection to the previous. They don't wear, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I was just trying to think. They don't really wear that. No. Well, synchronous women—you'd you'd struggle no. to get your arms up. You know, you get the sense that we are going to spend more time with these characters and David. We're going to spend at least three more three episodes. More episodes yeah. Um, and one thing I didn't say as well is that it's set over the course of four days. So I mean, each episode isn't a day really because we get sort of the day, the night of the murder, and then the following day. Um, Luke thoughts. 
That, that's how I the that's that we're getting. I feel so bad because I want to give a constructive, proper review of my thoughts. I want it to be balanced, and I want it to. Well, just explain. another. I didn't connect with any of the characters, and I yeah, just not saying because otherwise, I know I've not been here for a while, but I could just isolate. That is your. That is your catchphrase. I found really. I found them really. Well, why cold you say that all the time? But why didn't you? Why? Why? Okay. Why, Luke? Why? Do you want to know why? <laughs> I think mainly it was just so clunky. The dialogue was just crap through the majority of it. Not all of it, no. but the majority of it. But there's a bit that, where Billy yeah, Piper's interviewed, which is the most horrendous interview scene I've ever seen. It's just awful from beginning to end. And she she's asked how many children she has, and she tells him about the two of them, but she says... The other one's a baby and she says she doesn't come into it, which is a fair comment. And then the policeman comes out later and says to Carrie Mulligan, she said that the baby doesn't come <laughs> into it. What does that mean? And Carrie Mulligan says, well, she's a baby, so she probably doesn't think she comes into And I just think, for Christ's sake. He gave us our pizza and then I closed the door and then we heard gunfire out in the street maybe 30 seconds later. How did you know it was gunfire? Because I was brought up in Beirut. OK. You were alone? Yeah, with the children. She fell asleep afterwards. I think she had a reaction. Reaction? To what happened. I think it was fear. When did you order? Uh, 9.30. We have a pizza every Monday. At the same time? Yeah. You said children? Yeah, yeah. How many? Two. Tell me a second child's name. Mm, Lucy, but she doesn't come into it. She's a baby. You're not married? I don't understand. I just ordered a pizza. My marital status has nothing to do with it. Why would anyone kill a pizza delivery man? Something else, sir. What? So, you know, I spoke to Karen Mars, the woman who ordered a pizza. Well? She talked about her baby. She said, oh, she doesn't come into it. So? She doesn't come into it. What does she mean by that? What does she mean by it? Probably, like, our pizza delivery man was just murdered outside her door, and as a mother, she feels her baby was not involved. That's probably what she meant. She doesn't come into it. It's an odd way to put it. Proper drama is supposed to show us things mm. instead of telling us everything, mm. and I got so bored of this. I thought Kerry Mulligan, who I normally really gravitate to, was really standoffish. I thought John Sim had some really dodgy dialogue to deliver. The system is the system. Disliking it isn't going to change it. It carries on, regardless of what you feel about it. You're a really nice man, David, but you are so lost in things that you can't do anything about. You no longer have any idea who you actually are. Where are you going? Just stay. I can't stay here. Come on, you'll feel differently in the morning. I don't think so. Look, if the Labour Party makes you angry, what do you think it does to me? It makes you boring. I thought the most interesting part of it were the Nicola Syrian Walker. refugees, Nicola Walker and Hayley Squires, but ultimately, I don't know how invested I am to come back for more. I don't think I would. And sometimes you can get blindsided because Nicola Walker's in this, who I love, John Simmons in this, who I love, Kerry Mulligan does very little TV, but for some reason... Hayley Squires. Yeah, but for some reason, I just... It just uh, just didn't do anything for me. And I, I want to say, I don't go into these things wanting to pick them apart. You go into them with an open... You actually, yeah. I'll, I'll stick up for you here, Luke, because you did... When we were doing our sort of top fives of the year, you wanted to watch Collateral because you thought, mm. on paper, it seemed like your sort yeah. of thing and you were on really, you really, were really excited about it. On paper now, if I hadn't seen it, I'd be interested. It's an incredible cast. It's an interesting idea. It's just delivered really poorly, in my opinion, and I just don't want to watch any more of it, I don't think. If somebody tells me toward the end of it really picks up and, mm. and you know, I might go back. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. There's only four of them, but for right now, I don't think my life is going to be worsened by not sticking with it i think i might stick with it and i agree with a lot of the points you brought up there's some clunky lines as you say especially all the billy piper stuff there's there's some stuff as i say the stuff with the soccer there's that journalist character who is very very cliched talking about female talent as we were sj clarkson i think does a good job of directing it it all looks very slick and very stylish but at the same time it almost like feels like you're watching it from a distance i say this so often don't i Sometimes I'm, like Kiri, dark subject, great performances, mm. I'm invested with the characters. I'm in, I'm in that, I'm watching mm. that. I'm, I'm not watching this, you know, being part of it. I'm watching it from afar. And that's one of my real pet hates because mm. when TV drama is good, it grips you, it holds you and you are in it. And I was not in this I'll, at all. I'll tell you what the difference is. And I, I think this, when we talk about trauma, is that when I was thinking about trauma, I was referring to the characters by their names, that Dan and John, not John, yeah. Sim and Adrian Lester. Whereas in this, we've just been talking about Billy Piper and Kerry Mulligan and Nicola Walker. Mm-hmm. You don't remember the characters. Name. And in Kerry, you remember the character, you know, you remember Miriam yeah. and Alice and Jim and Toby so I think that is it. If you remember the names of the characters, then I think well, it already you already means be... you care. You've already made yeah. a connection yeah. with yeah. them, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, whereas here we were just talking about the actors. There's enough intrigue. I'm in. I think I'm interested in the sort of the side issues, the stuff with Nicola Walker and her partner, the stuff with Haley Squires and her mum seems very interesting. I, I I thought the start of it was really well done, where you got the pizza, you know, the hectic sort of stuff about the pizza parlor, and you got that that question mark about like her character, Haley Squire's character, was so insistent that he took the pizza, that, like she knew something was going to happen. So I'm interested really to see where that slots in, and also a little bit because he did show us the the killer throughout and the the sort of the stripping down of the killer i am interested to see the sort of the connection there and the fact that she's in the army certain parts of this i think almost they were sort of going for like a nordic noir feeling that there is all these separate stories going on sort of concurrently maybe that's how it was pitched to them originally like you know this is our attempt to do like nordic noir i mean it's going to be going up against marcella for the next three weeks which is created by by hans rosenfeld of the bridge fame I'd say, yeah, I, I'm I'm similar to you, but I think as it is only four parts, I think if it was six or eight, I think I would be, I'm done with this, like I was with Marcella, I think after two episodes. But I'm yeah. certainly going to give this another episode. If it doesn't, then I'm, I'm done. But well, you'd I think... have seen 50% of it by then anyway. Yeah, right? yeah, but yeah. I don't know. It gives me no pleasure to to say anything of the thing. No. Because the talent is is there. I just think the script, and I am somebody who who looks to TV for more realistic stuff. Not everybody mm. does. People look for escapism. If this was a film, I could kind of forgive it because I think I think sometimes film dialogue I'm a little less picky on. But yeah. for TV, I need I need a sense of reality, especially when it's all based in London and and in in a real scenario. And there was just so much clunky stuff that I just could not forgive it for that and maybe that will clear up and if you tell me look episode two drops all the things you hated and it's a really engrossing second hour then I'll have to eat my words and watch it and I hope it does happen but as review of episode one I wasn't keen it is the first episode and it is hard to judge something on the first episode you know there's the argument that a you know, it should be setting out its table early, but at the same time, you want to hold things back. You don't want to be, yeah. this was a brilliant first episode and everything else was rubbish. So I know, it's hard. it is hard. I mean, I watched all of, uh, I know it's a comedy, but I watched all of Derry Girls and I think that really didn't peak till its final episode. It only showed me what it could be in its final episode. So, mm. you know, because everyone's only got a certain amount of time and if you're not mm. gelling with something, original, you know, initially, then it is hard to keep going with it. And as you say, you do rely on 
other people to say, you know, keep going with this past the first episode. So, I, you know, and it has happened to me before. I, I really disliked the first episode of Luther back in 2010. Mm. I really disliked it. But for some reason, it was on in the summer. There wasn't much else. And that turned into something I grew to really appreciate. Yeah, I'll tell you another one as well. Another comedy, but it was for me and you both, him and her. I thought the first him and her was really crude and unnecessary. It is a bit unfair to judge everything on its first outing, I suppose. But mainly comedies, really, because... I didn't like the first episode of Only Fools and Horses. The first episode of Father Ted wasn't great. You know, all these things, but it's what they become. But as we are reviewing this, it started this week. It's the first of a four-parter. You you just have to say what you feel, and I just Mm. wasn't feeling this at all, really. But sometimes I do think I'm perhaps unfair on first episodes. But then going back to Kiri again, sorry, I won't do this every week. That first episode, I could have watched all three immediately mm. afterwards. So there's got to be something. And interestingly, as well, with Kiri, each episode was different, really. Yeah. It focused and on it different never, characters. It never turned me off, and it, it mm. never lost if, me at any point. Interesting point, but if this had focused sort of squarely, say, on Carrie Mulligan, and then next episode, you've got Nicola Walker, and then John Sim and Pilly Piper, and then tying it all together. Also, would I be more inclined to, to stick with this if they were doing. The trauma thing and showing four. Mm. four I was thinking it, that actually, yeah, because it is set as we said over four days, so it would make sense. But obviously, and BBC, BBC One two used to do that with five days. Yes. years ago they did that. Uh, but yeah, but, so interesting. But this, uh, I suppose, this is that you know BBC Two have got other continuing things on. You know, they yeah. haven't got like that IKEA documentary. The sort of cl- the clear, um, you know, schedules that um, ITV has got. That is called Collateral. It's on BBC iPlayer, episode one, if you missed it. And if you want to watch it uh, weekly and not save everything up like some people do nowadays, Monday nights, nine o'clock on BBC Two. Also on Monday night, Trauma, the three-parter starring Adrian Lester and John Sim from uh, Dr. Foster writer Mike Bartlett. This aired uh, consecutively over three nights. Uh, John Sim starred as Dan Bowker, a um, sort of harassed working-class father of three. He gets laid off in one of the very first scenes. Is he like a metal worker or something like that? I assumed. You had to do a lot of assuming... In, with that, they like, did show you seen. like the something metal works or something. Yeah, like but that. I'm not really a man's man. I mean, you not know, really he, a reader because they did actually he, have the sign of where he worked. Well, then just... why are you asking me for if you know? Because I watched it a lot longer ago than you did. Jesus, um, I'm already annoyed. Adrian Lester plays John Allerton, a respected surgeon and uh, part-time rock climber. So yeah, so their paths cross when Dan's son. His oldest son, 15-year-old Alex, is um, rushed into the hospital where John works. He's called in, um, even though it's not his night to work, it's his birthday. He's had a couple of glasses of wine. Oh, that might again later. John spies... No, Dan sees his Alex on the operating table, on the sort of trolley as John's wheeling him in to give him sort of a full scan. He says everything will be fine. Then... Um, Dan goes in, sees John operating on him, sees him panicking, and later Alex dies on the table. And from then on, Dan is convinced that it's John's fault, even though uh, Alex was stabbed by this lad who sort of fully admitted that he was guilty. I think the fact that he's that the police specifically said that the boy didn't mean to kill him furthered Dan's wrath towards John and then he sort of starts stalking him he gets a job at the hospital cafe which then John sort of makes sure that he loses soon after. The final act sees um, Dan sort of try and kidnap and hold at knife point John's family in an attempt to get to the truth. We watch this sort of differently. I watched yes. this three, all three sort of chunked together i started it sort of friday afternoon finished it sort of saturday evening so mm-hmm. within say a 24-hour period i watched all three episodes and Maybe i watched, watched it, it when as it, it went on. across itv yeah uncharacteristically i've been quite vocal about this on twitter and i didn't hate it mm. um 
but I also didn't like it very much. It was like the the reasons why um, Dan was so hostile. It was like he had this well, Sherlockian, the Sherlockian. Did I un- explain it to you then? Yes, yes, but it was before that. <laughs> Be- well, no, I don't know. I, d- I still don't know if that's the reason. Reasons. That's a good surmise. Re- well, but he two- did this Sherlockian thing yeah. where he would go, oh, you're fiddling with your hands. And then another patient's fo- yeah. um, son did it as well. That's, you're moving your hands weird. You don't want a surgeon to be doing that with their hands. I agree with you. That was a bit clunky. What I, what I would say in terms of the motivations, it was almost like a class thing as well as sort of... Well, that you know, irritated. See, that irritated me a little bit. I tell you what, it reminded. It was two things it reminded me of. It reminded me of the replacement, quite. Which quite I thought obviously. as well, and I actually would say that this was better than the replacement in the fact that it, I thought it was. It was Mike Bartlett, who is a playwright first. Yeah. You know, before he started writing yeah. TV, it didn't yeah. go sort of fully bonkers, but it climaxed in the sort of most so bonkers. It, it reminded me of that. And it reminded me of the Frank Grimes episode of The Simpsons. Mm. That's what it reminded me of. I didn't really at any point sympathise with John Sim, despite him going through what they refer to quite often and quite rightly as every parent's nightmare. For some reason, I just didn't ever sympathise with that character. I think John Sim is an incredible actor who I've loved for years, and I didn't care enough about him in his situation. I kept mm. thinking, if this was made a few years ago, it would have been about a, a man going through grief and a cover-up and what that does to the doctor and what that does to the family. Instead, what we got was almost like this Hollyoaks-type plot or heightened EastEnders plot where things... I get what you mad. mean. What I would say is that I don't think it, would, it was ever trying to be anything sort no. of... I mean, there was some interesting avenues it could have gone down and i thought mike bartlett sort of teetered on sort of almost sort of talking about the nhs that like john was called in on his night off and and Mm. at the end john finally admits that you know he did do something wrong there was something else he could have done and that he has to retrain but he would go back to his former position because they Mm -hmm. need doctors because the end and that was all very interesting but i i sort of see what you mean this was more of a thriller than a drama about sort of loss and things like that like if yeah. jimmy mcgovern had done it this is like exactly. a th- this I, is I, this was pitched though as a thriller this was pitched as yeah. a thriller so if you don't like like thrillers like that well and i do I, ordinarily i, I get I ordinarily. what you mean about sort of needing to be compelled by the characters but i think this was more a story driven thing than a character driven thing and I, I i i enjoyed the story it was one of those i would like and like i did to strike to almost like a holiday book like it's one way mm. you take it away you read it it, inv- it sort of engages you while you're there while you you know you're sitting in the sunshine it's some it's sort of a, a sort of something to do but you'll forget about it as soon as it's finished and i think yeah. that was it i mean not every drama though necessarily has to be like no. the best drama ever. This was no, more. Not at all. This, but I think, I think the best way to descri- describe this is serviceable. But I think I've got to come to terms yeah. with the fact that drama isn't made the way it used to be for the majority of the mm. stuff that's on screen. You need because, to move on, basically, Luke. Well, yeah, and, but yeah, because we're getting a lot of more heightened. Mm. Everything's higher than it used. Mm. Not higher. I don't mean higher in quality. I just mean everything's on. What am I trying to say? You know what I'm trying to say. Put words in my mouth. Pitched at the lowest common yes. denominator. There's no, 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 there's no, not su- really there's no sort of, they've lost sort of the subtleties. How's that? The sort of yeah, and the emotion. Mm, yeah, I, I I get what you mean. I I never sort of felt emotional, and I would agree with you. There were some really sort of clunky plot contrivances that you had mm. to get over to enjoy. I I I, I when I watched it because I think. I almost watched it almost like a mini movie to me. Yeah. They did try and portray Adrian Lester as sort of a bit smug. And I was like, it's Adrian Lester. He's, he's far too charming. He just like comes across as a really nice guy. I know. I imagine if I met him I today. The problem was great. that you were meant to sympathise with John Sim more. But because it was John Sim who can play a bit of a sort of dodgier character. And Adrian Lester playing this guy who was meant to be... Smug. I wonder if the if the roles have been reversed. You know, Adrian Lester playing mm. this dad down in his look, and John. Well, Sim yeah, playing... because let's face it, they could they they're good enough actors that they mm. could easily swap. 
I mean, for me, though, I would say, and I know I mentioned this previously, that I certainly connected with the characters more because I, I refer yeah, to them the names. their names, whereas, whereas, you know, Adrian Lester and John Sim, I didn't call them that at all. And I thought there were some good other performers. I like Lindsay Marshall as, as John Sim's she wife. Was really woefully underused. I yeah. That's the one scene that she was really in about, like, you know, her grief and just sort of trying to cope and things. There yeah. were moments where you went, yes, this is what the drama this is. This is what it's supposed to be. This is what it's supposed to be. But, the clunkier bits for me were a the coffee shop hiring John Sim in the first place, b him getting made, him getting fired within about three days, yeah. and most of all um, John's daughter Alana letting John Sim into the house, mm. pretending to be someone from Oxfam. And I love the fact that John... he, he, the replacement was daft, but I let myself go yeah. with that, and I let myself go with this. You see, so maybe yeah. It, what 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 what, what do you think it was that didn't let you make yourself go if that makes sense? I think it's because I didn't understand John Sims' motivations okay. and I thought a lot of it was too clunky, the sort of overused walking into the operating theatre, the thing about when he went in slipping at the back while they're going through the Yeah, he managed to get into a lot of places, didn't he? Yeah. I could never see things from John Sims' point of view, I suppose. I get you, yeah. I mean, I could understand his motivations, but it was hard to see things from his point of view. I think that's two different points. Yeah, and I I think think I can... With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. (gasps) No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The replacement... The character, I can understand that John Sim, you know, thought Adrian Lester was holding something back, which he was. He was holding something back. But the way he went about it, it was it was saying, like, if you haven't got a lot of money, if you're a working class person, then you won't be listened to. You know, you can you can go through all the formal channels, but you won't be listened to. Whereas with because the, the doctor character had a lot of money, had this lovely house, had this lovely family. If it had gone the other way around, then he could use his influence, whereas John Sim, uh, Dan, didn't have an infl- any influence. I think that was the point of the plot and, and the motivations, that it was almost like jealousy boiling up as well as the grief had manifested it in that way. You know, I found it clunky, but I found it enjoyable enough. T- it was a TV drama, not trying to be a masterpiece. I, I think be, I think the problem but, with it is, yeah. like, like the replacement, I... Yeah. I understood it was Vicky Vicky McClure and more than Christie, and I could see both sides of that. I could see mm. the paranoia. Yeah, I didn't like that as much as you did. You yeah, I know it's interesting, isn't it? Mm. But I I could that made sense to me. Somebody taking over and blah blah mm. blah, and that didn't have and maybe it's this as well. That didn't have ads. That was on BBC One. ITV clearly has ads, and while while you're waiting for the adverts to finish, you say to the people you're watching it with. Well, would he really get... You well, know, you see, that's it, because I yeah. didn't watch this with ads and I didn't watch it yeah. with other people. Yeah. If you don't ask questions, mm. you can enjoy I agree. it yeah. to a degree. As soon as you ask something or question something, to me it all falls apart. And I don't think Mike Bartlett is as good as a writer as people make him out to be mm-hmm. from Dr. Foster. I, I don't know. And I have said on Twitter, and people have agreed... That it with in lesser hands. It depends what in you think. In lesser hands, this wouldn't, this wouldn't have held my attention at all. It was mainly down to the yeah. great, great yeah, acting from Adrian, Adrian Lester. Chemi- and they had great chemistry, I thought yeah. as well. I yes, think the best do. scenes were those two on screen together. But can I just ask, what do you, how do you quantify great writer? What because I think he can tell mm. a story and he can tell an interesting and complex story. But if you're talking about writing sort of believable yeah. characters, then I yeah. don't think it, it depends what you're talking about. How you well, I suppose, I suppose being a great writer. That is a good question. I suppose I just mean making the world, making me connect okay. to the world. Because like, the world. like the good, the good place is a ridiculous premise, mm. right? 
But that those people behind that are good enough to make me believe it. The Americans okay. is an even more ridiculous premise, mm. and it could be stupid. You know, these spies of the ages living under. But it, I believe it. There's not an element of it. You went all over the place in the first series of Doctor Foster, didn't you? Yeah, it it was different to what I was used well, to. Well, we'll have I... to see what press is like. I think that's going to be the sort of. That sounds like the most down to earth. Mm show he's done doesn't it yeah. really it's interesting that both of these i didn't connect with and that yeah. both of them are from playwrights i've never seen a stage play and it makes me think would i like it or would i be you know would i be too aware of the stuff they're saying i don't know i think you find it hard to relax into things and just go with things uh, no because sometimes i can start like i started you know because i'm living in 2010 at the moment I started Borgen this week because yeah. I was genuinely worried that I was just turned off by everything. And I thought, well, I'll try something completely different. I don't mm. like political things. And I watched two of them and I was really enthused again. So I don't, I know what you're saying, but I mm. think if the yeah. world is there and I can connect, yeah. then that's all I need. I, I mean, just haven't found anything of late that does that. I think drawing a line under trauma, I would say that it is, I would say, enjoyable sort of i think you can switch your brain off and watch it mm, i mm. i thought the performances were very good sort of the almost the entire cast i could take or leave jemima rufa really um, i always have felt that way about her. yeah um and it's one of those you you enjoy in the moment i i would recommend watching it as one big chunk almost like one big film because i think that works better than and that's probably why that i mean this would have been disastrous had they put it on over three weeks yeah and i wonder whether they knew that deep down have you told your friends about this podcast? Okay, here we go. No. It's just not my idea of a good time. Tell them now. That's what the people want to hear. This is the Custard TV podcast. Good to the last drop. From thecustardtv.com. And on Channel 4 on Wednesday night, we had the second series of Damned, the social worker sitcom starring and written by Joe Brand, who co-writes with Moe Wenner Banks and uh, Will Smith, no, not that one, the one from the thick of it, and um, Alan Davis stars and Kevin Eldon, Izzy Suti, Tamwa from EastEnders. Basically, they play social workers um, and it's sort of almost like a fly on the wall, like watching their day-to-day almost, really. Alan Davis's character, Al, had got like a tip-off that there was this uh, Eastern European sex worker having clients in her house while her kids were there, and... Um, they also in- introduced a um, a new sort of social work student who was going to be shadowing one of them. Joe Brand's husband, played by Nick Hancock, oddly had moved back in and was using her car as an Uber. There was all these little stories here and there. Well, how far did you get on the last series? Because I remember watching every episode of the series of Damned, but sort of didn't really remember much uh, outside like the first couple of eps. I, I feel like I got as far as three, maybe, yeah. or... I don't know why I stopped. I enjoy it when it's on. I mean, I don't, I don't like it as much as say Joe Brand's other sitcom, Getting On, which I think is was a work of art. But I kind of immediately forget about it as soon as it's done. I'm like, oh yeah, that was good. Did and you, then have you like this or what did you think of the episode? Yeah, it, it was a. <laughs> I, don't, it's weird. I don't really have any opinions <laughs> on it. It was, a good, it was a good episode. I enjoyed it and I liked. The sort of story there, but there wasn't a lot going on. I what I would say I is it know. almost it almost feels like because this is on like a main channel, like Channel Four, rather than getting on that was on BBC Four, that there has to be a certain like joke quotient. So you know you've got Izzy Sutty who's doing all these all these jokes, and Joe Brand and Alan Davis sort of bickering back and forth, and T- Tamwa playing like the office stick in the mud and. Because the the actual social work story, when you got into it, was very interesting. You know, you saw this woman, you know, they had the whole thing where the mistaken identity where she thought Al was like a client. Mm. And she got the kids taken off her at the end. And it was all very well made. And and like you could see the the influences of Joe Brown, but it almost feels like they're putting in too many jokes. It feels like it loses the pathos. Yes. It it looks like it always looks like it's going to go down that road. And like it has something important and you know noteworthy to say, yeah. and then all of a sudden, it doesn't. There's dark bits, there's sort of human bits, and there's humour, but there's not dark humour. 
they're sort of independent of one another. That's how I feel. Mm. I feel exactly like that. Yeah. I wish I had another point of view. I honestly don't. I, I, I enjoy it. It passes the time. I keep expecting it to be moving and say mm. something about the world we're living in. And Which it almost sort of does. starts. Yeah. It almost starts to, and then lets itself not for some reason. <laughs> and I don't know why. Because Channel 4 are very good normally at doing those social comedic drama thing they're usually quite good at having a point to make and mm. yeah I, I i might keep watching this because i think it's one where you like everyone involved in it and you want it's one you want to do well because yes you like you, everyone you, yeah. because you've seen getting on and going forward and you know yeah. you like alan davis and kevin eldon and people but my like issue that with it and i don't have this very often we just talked about John Sim and Adrian Lester, but at no point was I watching trauma going, oh, it's John Sim and oh, Adrian Lester's turned up now. Yeah. But on this, you, I'm sort of going, oh, that's Joe Brown. Oh, Kevin Eldon. Oh, Nick Cancock's in it now. Oh, hang on, that's Alan David. You know, and it, it... I think you think that because, you know, they are essentially playing themselves. You know, Alan Davis, Joe Brown, you know, they don't seem to be anything different than if you were watching them on an episode of QI. It's one of those rare ones where I don't actually know why I feel the way I do about it, but I just know mm. that I just I just want a little bit more from it. That it that it it's almost like it does stop itself, and I don't know why it would. This is the Custard TV podcast. <laughs> This is where we point your face at something in the next seven days we'll be watching and therefore we think you should be watching as well. I will go first. I will say that the thing I will, I'm most looking forward to outside of the thing that I'm assuming Matt will pick is the return of 24 Hours in Police Custody. It's back for a sixth series. It is always so compelling. I can never believe the freedom that the camera crew have of just capturing everything and sometimes you think i can't believe they've got what they've got on this uh nine o'clock monday on channel four 24 hours in police custody oh obviously it's mom isn't it yeah tuesday 10 p.m bbc2 um we're massive fans of this i mean if if you didn't watch the first series bbc2 are currently repeating it late 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 in the night on on tuesdays but you can catch up on iplayer um, by the time this goes out, all six of the current of the first series will be up on iPlayer, and we would really recommend you watch that ahead of series two. The first one is centred around uh, Leslie Manville's Kathy's 60th birthday. Um, you get all the all the family sort of gathering around and stuff, and it is just a gentle, believable, like comedy drama. I, I love all the bits. You've seen it now as well, and we'll talk about it more next week. Yeah. The stuff about the carvery was my certain, yeah. certain my highlight with three types yeah. of potatoes. Dave was. <laughs> You'll <laughs> see it uh, Tuesday, <laughs> on BBC uh, Two. Let's presume that Gary went for 24 hours in police custody because uh, he's not here, and I will just highlight something else. BBC Three have done over the years one of my favourite documentaries ever, Life and Death Row. Mm. And they're doing a new lot that is actually going into prime time on Sunday nights on BBC Two. I didn't think this okay. was going to go prime time. Nine o'clock, it's called Life and Death Row, Mass Execution. And it's over four episodes. And basically, it is a documentary about families trying to stop people on death row being executed early in Arkansas. Why are they executed early? Because the drugs are running out. The date on the drugs is running out, and if they don't use them to execute people... Yeah, we uh, actually... I, sorry to be. cut you off. I remember watching this, actually, on... There was a preview when I went to Edinburgh. The BBC3 um, mm. panel previewed this, and it looks and really excellent. I know it's going to fascinate We're going to be documentary heavy then next we week. We are. I'm, it's, all, I'm also quite intrigued by Girls on the Edge on BBC So Tip. am I. Yes. Yeah. So documentary uh, heavy next week. Um, yeah, if you... It's always nice to champion the docs as well because everybody talks yeah. about drama and comedy. So yeah. Life and Death Row on Sunday. Um, uh, 24 hours in police custody on a Monday. And Tuesday night, Mum on BBC Two. So uh, let's do the old social media. Uh, gang then facebook.com we could do with a few more likes 
poke us or like us or whatever no. people do on Facebook. I don't think you do, you can poke anyone on Facebook anymore. I think that's banned. So like us on Facebook, facebook.com, predictably, forward slash the custard TV. The site itself, thecustardtv.com. Twitter's for Gary is at the Gary Show. For myself, it's at Luke Custard TV. And for Matt. Oh, Matt's TV Bytes. Sorry, you left that's a gap there. The one. At supporting us on Patreon, and Matt can tell you more about that. Yeah, so Patreon is a sort of a service where you can sort of pledge um, as little as two dollars a month, and you'll get sort of bonus content. At the five dollar level, you get an extra bit of this very podcast every week. Um, coming up this week, it will be me and Luke discussing our top nine inside number nines. So that's something to listen to. Um, I see what you did there. mm, uh, We've also already done five extra helpings plus other sort of longer form podcasts. I mean, the money is going to go towards funding the podcast in terms of hosting it, you know, putting online um, and going to more screenings as well. Things like that, because as we say every week, I mean, this isn't our full time job. Um, we work tirelessly throughout the week um, so it would be nice just to have a little thing back and we do reward you with some new exclusive content every week and it isn't a subscription service you can just sort of pledge for one month get everything and then sod off and, and then pledge again later on if you want it, you know it's entirely your choice and we do appreciate every little bit we get um, and, and thank you to those who are already uh, have already signed up and iTunes as well. You can review us on there and you can subscribe to the podcast through any uh, well-known or even not so well-known podcast app. Just search for the Custard TV podcast. As Matt says, we'll be back next email. week. Email? Email, of course. We haven't had an email for a while. No. Unless you count Ocado bothering me. Uh, custard TV reviews at gmail.com. That's Custard TV reviews with an S. At gmail.com. Tell us as well about if you liked collateral or trauma, and about sort of as as Luke said, if you've got any experience of trying to get like scripts out there, you know, whether you be a, a woman starting in the industry or like a sort of younger guy who's finding it hard mm. because he's not an established name. We're really interested in hearing yeah. about those sort of stories. So if you have got anything, drop us a line on the old email. Yeah, custardtvreviews at gmail.com. We'll be back next week with the return, hopefully, of Gary and a lot of documentaries and the, and talking about Mum as well on BBC Two. Possibly Young Sheldon, because that's Possibly debuting. Possibly Young Sheldon on E4. And which... uh, Netflix's Life Sucks. Everything Sucks. Although Everything That might sucks. be the week after, because that's on Friday. So we'll, we'll see. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. Tatty bye. Bye-bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. I think that it's programs like this that help people realise that they're not alone. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.